Good afternoon, America. Welcome to the Dean's List. I'm Dean Bowen. You are listening to America Out Loud Talk Radio. We are happy to have you on board today as we dive into a plethora of information that's here on the desk. University of Pennsylvania, they're back on the congressional hot seat. Uh, There is uh, more news on school closings, you know, coming out of Kansas, out of Missouri. Uh, There's news out of Michigan and Oklahoma where uh, the government in those states is amping up their efforts to, to maybe put the kibosh on some of this uh, public school exiting that's happening. There's news out of Alaska where that board of education wants to lower their test score standards because, you know, they're, they're just too high. Uh, you know, it's just, it's just too difficult to hit that, that proficiency mark. Uh, there's news out of West Virginia, news out of California. I'm not even really sure where to start today. There's so much going on. Uh, it's our objective here to shine the light of truth on the educational landscape. And the light is bright. uh, And there's just, um, there's a lot of truth to uncover. You know what? I say today, we start with the University of Pennsylvania. Let's go there only because we like Virginia Fox. And she is the chairwoman of the Committee on Education and Workforce. And in a letter, that she wrote last week to Penn's chair of the board of trustees, as well as their interim president, Larry Jamison. Uh, Fox said, we have grave concerns regarding the inadequacy of Penn's response to anti-Semitism on its campus. An environment of pervasive anti-Semitism has been documented at Penn dating back to well before the October 7 terrorist attack. Uh, The letter also references that Penn is the highest in uh, anti-Semitic hostility, uh, a category consisting of the most hostile 25% of universities surveyed. And, uh, you know, Penn's at the top. Uh, So Virginia Fox and her committee announced an investigation you know, they, they did this uh, into Harvard, uh, and, and and they wanted some more information from Harvard after they called Penn and Harvard and MIT on the carpet back in November. And now they're asking for more information from Penn. Uh, you know, of course, after that hearing, we know that Liz McGill stepped down. Uh, the Board of Trustees Chair Scott Bach also stepped down. Uh, in in the letter, in this recent letter, uh, Ms. Fox listed multiple anti-Semitic incidents at the university, uh, which raised concern over Penn's failure to address anti-Semitism on campus. Notably, the letter highlighted that the University of Pennsylvania hosted the Palestine Rights Literature Festival in uh, in September of last summer, and you know we 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 talked about this and we talked about some of the speakers that they had. Um, And many of the speakers allegedly made anti-Semitic comments, including uh, calling Israelis human garbage, uh, describing Israel as a colonial apartheid state uh, that will eventually be, be wiped off the map. 
we made comment last week that in, in Harvard, this this professor that they have tapped to to run their task force, you know, th- that looks into uh, anti-Semitism. This professor has also made the comment that uh, Israel is a uh, an apartheid state, you know, and he's running this task force. We we don't believe these universities are are serious about about putting down uh, Jewish hatred on their campus, and Virginia Fox doesn't believe it either. Uh, and and she's wanting some some documents from Penn. Uh, her letter alleges that there have been patterns of deeply troubling incidents of anti-Semitism. Uh, including not only uh, verbal assaults, but anti-Semitic vandalism. Uh, The cases include the spray painting of swastikas uh, and the word uh, intifada on campus grounds. There were incidents of anti-Semitic obscenities being shouted and staff members receiving emails threatening violence against Penn Hillel, which is a Jewish student organization. Uh, And then, of course, the... um, the famous phrase from the river to the sea, Palestine will be free, has been projected on buildings. And that that phrase, of course, makes reference to the uh, annihilation of the Jewish state. Uh, other incidents involve tearing down posters featuring Israeli hostages captured by Hamas and occupying the student center to protest Israel, among others. Ms. Fox also accused some University of Pennsylvania professors of making anti-Semitic acts and remarks, such as posting Hamas flags on Facebook and celebrating the October 7 terrorist attacks. Um, And and here's a, a direct quote from her letter. In defense of this disgraceful record, Penn has cited its supposed commitment to free speech. However, Penn has demonstrated a clear double standard by tolerating anti-Semitic vandalism, harassment, and intimidation, but suppressing and penalizing other expression it deemed problematic. Uh, Ms. Fox's committee has requested that the university provide a broad range of documents related to the anti-Semitism crisis at Penn including its procedures for handling anti-Semitic acts or incidents, uh, among other documents, and the deadline for Penn is February 7th. You know, so they've just, uh, they've they've got a few days here. Uh, The letter comes on the same day that Ms. Fox condemned Harvard for its unacceptable response to documents requested by the committee as well. She said the information the school provided was woefully inadequate. Uh, Earlier this month, the committee opened a similar probe into Harvard, asking it to turn over records of how it handles incidents targeting Jews uh, and Jewish individuals individuals on campus. Uh, You know, so we will see where this goes. Pennsylvania, Penn is back on the hot seat. Uh, Harvard, it looks like they continue to to stonewall and, you know, push this committee, uh, you know, just just do their best to to keep them at bay. We're going to follow this. We want to see where it goes. Uh, You know, we 
we agree with others that uh, you know things aren't going to change at, at these universities until the leadership is removed, uh, and you know the, the this the, the leaders that are that are currently in charge, uh, you know they've got to go because their support of anti-Semitic hatred cannot be allowed. You know, they, they they should not be in these positions at these universities if this is going to be their uh, their take. All right, so we will continue to watch uh, what, what Congress does with with Penn. All right, let's let's jump to California. Uh, Orange Unified School District. So back in November of 2022, I think we've talked about Orange. Uh, we've talked about so many school districts in California. I don't remember if we've specific, specifically mentioned Orange Unified School District or not. But back in November of 22, they uh, the school board was flipped to a majority conservative board. And then they began to enact uh, some, well, some conservative things, uh, you know, things that uh, that their parents, uh, you know, in that school district, you know, really want to see. Uh, you know, one of those things is in June of this last summer, the board adopted a parent's bill of rights which grants district parents and guardians the right to know what their children are being taught and the right to be heard by district leaders. That same month, it also adopted a policy allowing only the U.S. and state flags to be flown on district and school flagpoles. Critics, of course, have, have called this move homophobic, saying that its purpose was to ban LGBT pride flags from being displayed in classrooms. And then uh, in September, the school board passed a parent notification policy that will require schools to notify parents if their child identifies as transgender amid a statewide debate over the issue. So this this board flips in November of 22. And here, you know, we we finish out that school year 23. And then we get into the summer, and this board really just goes, you know, they uh, they go full bore conservative, and they start enacting things that that the parents and this district want. Parental Bill of Rights, you know, they only, they, you know, just just the, the United States flag. That's what that's what we want. We don't want any of these other, you know, we just want the U.S. flag. Uh, and you know, parents deserve to be notified if they're. If their kids are talking about transition, okay, this is important stuff. And these are things that parents, you know, no matter which side of the aisle they're on politically, these are things that that parents want. They want a parental bill of rights in their schools. You know, they want curriculum transparency. They want to know what their children are being taught. They want to have the right to be heard by school district leaders. They want to know if their children are talking in school about, uh, you know, a desire to become the, the opposite sex. These are parents, or these are things that parents want to know. And these are things that parents deserve to know. This stuff doesn't need to be hit from them. So uh, lefties can't can handle this, though, because 
people on the left despise parental rights. You know, people on the left cannot have parents knowing what they're trying to do to the parents' children. It's it's out of the Marxist playbook. Um, I mean, maybe even page one. I mean, let's go after the families. Let's get control of the hearts and minds of the kids. And in order to do that, we can't let the parents know what we're doing. Uh, and also in order to do that, we've got to get control of the education system. Top to, to bottom, school boards, superintendents, teachers. I mean, we got to control all of it. Well, the parents in Orange Unified School District in Southern California, their eyes opened up. And, you know, November 2022, uh, they uh, removed that school board. That school board flips to a, a, a majority conservative and the, the lefties now are upset. So they've got this push to recall two of them. Uh, and this, this recall date is March 5th. So if you live in Orange Unified School District in Southern California, and you care about uh, parental rights, then you, you must be made aware that on March 5th, there is a recall effort to remove two of your uh, conservative school board members. If you uh, don't live in Orange uh, Unified School District, but you know somebody who does, contact them. Uh, share this information with them. Uh, this this show goes into podcast 24 hours later. Uh, you know, send the, send the podcast link to them or call them right now uh, and tell them, go to americaoutloud.news uh, and uh, turn this show on because this is information that they need. Again, this is Orange Unified School District. This this vote to recall two conservative board members takes place on March 5th. So we're just a few weeks away. Uh, the school board members that are being recalled uh, are uh, the school board president, Rick Ledesma, and a trustee named Madison Minor. Uh, in a statement to the Epic Times, Ms. Minor reiterated her commitment to parents' rights in advocating for traditional, foundational education. Here's what she said. Our board majority remains resolute in our commitment to improve school district, to improve the school district, despite facing a recall effort. I believe this shows our dedication to positive change. We want to better our schools and will hopefully help garner support and demonstrate our steadfast commitment to our district's improvements. Which, you know, here we believe that uh, what this school board has enacted since flipping in November 22 is a thousand percent improvement. I mean, when you're notifying parents of what, you know, Johnny and, and, and Sally are, are, are wanting to do at school, when you're keeping parents in the loop on curriculum, when you're letting you know parents see transparently what's happening in the classrooms, these are important things. And this is a definite improvement. Mr. Ledesma claimed, and now he's the school board chair, he claimed the recall was part of a wider assault on parents' rights over their child's education. And I would agree with him wholeheartedly. Of course it is. 
I mean, why else would you want to get get rid of these two board members? Why else would you want to uh, turn this school board back into the hands of progressives? I mean, obviously, you you don't like parents, and you are anti-parental right. Uh, I'm, can you explain any other any other? Uh, can you offer any other explanation as to why they would want these two gone? Uh, there, there's no uh, misconduct that they're citing. There's no mismanagement that they're citing. Uh, you know, the the lefties in this school district are upset because they are losing their control on the hearts and minds of the kids, and the parents are becoming fully aware. They're becoming fully coherent. Their eyes are opening. And they realize uh, they've got to take education back. My friends, this is happening all over the country. Uh, you know, parents are coming to their senses all over the country with this understanding. That we we just want our kids to be educated. That's all we. That's that's it. We want to know what's happening in the classroom. And as parents, we deserve to know what's happening in the classroom. We deserve complete, one hundred percent curriculum transparency. As parents, we deserve to know if our child is talking to a counselor about transitioning, uh, you know, because as parents, we don't want that. You know, we gave birth to a, to a boy or to a girl, and we want them to stay that way, which, by the way, it's impossible to, to not stay that way. I don't care how many surgeries you get. If you're a boy, you're a boy. There's just no way around it. Dean, I can't believe you said that. I know. I know. It's the truth. It's tough when you're speaking the truth. All right. Uh, I've got uh, a few more quotes I want to read out of the uh, Orange Unified School District, but I'm up against the break. We'll pick it up on the other side. You're listening to The Dean's List on America Out Loud Talk Radio. Cardiovascular disease is the leading cause of death and disability. Lifestyle changes are critical, but you can also support your heart with concentrated nutrients. Healthy Cell created heart and vascular health to support cholesterol and blood pressure with CoQ10, vitamin K2, resveratrol, and soluble fiber. And Healthy Cell's not a pill. It's a patent-pending gel you swallow. Get heart healthy. Go to HealthyCell.com and use code OUTLOUD for 25% off your first order. HealthyCell.com. Code OUTLOUD for 25% off. The buildup of spike proteins is dangerous to your health. Global Healing's Foreign Protein Cleanse detoxes your body, removing the spike proteins, allowing your body to repair from within. Formulated by Dr. Edward Group and by Dr. Brian Artis, Foreign Protein Cleanse targets and detoxes spike proteins in the body. Go to americaoutloud.shop and get 15% off using the code OUTLOUD. Global healing, giving you the power to take control of your health naturally. We know you love the versatility and portability of the Genesis Fogger, but sometimes you just want to set it and forget it. Well, we heard you. Introducing the UX4 HOCL Atomizer. This stationary unit quietly protects you and is perfect for smaller spaces. With over a quarter million units sold in Japan, it's now available in the United States. Visit genesisfogger.com forward slash out loud to see the UX4 in action and receive a 15% discount on either Fogger with promo code OUTLOUD. With Genesis, you're ready for anything. Welcome 
Welcome back to the Dean's List. I'm Dean Bowen. We're listening to America Out Loud Talk Radio. You can find us here Monday through Friday at the 2 p.m. Eastern time slot. We are happy to have you on board listening at, at americaoutloud.news on the world-class media player or listening via iHeartRadio or listening via the app for your Apple, Android, or Alexa, or you know maybe listening in, in podcasts. Wherever you find your podcast, there we are in the network. We're just uh, happy that you're on board. We're happy to have you as part of this uh, smart audience, the America Out Loud audience. Uh, they're smart. Okay, uh, we are looking at Orange County, or not Orange County, Orange Unified School District in Southern California. This recall election is March 5th. It is an attempt to recall two members of a conservative school board. The school board was flipped conservative in November of 2022. And the lefties out there, I mean, they just can't have it. They just can't stand to have a a school board that cares about parents, that cares about parental rights. Uh, The two members that are uh, up for recall are the school board president, Rick Ledesma, and trustee Madison Minor. So listen, if you live in the Orange Unified School District, or if you know somebody who lives in the Orange Unified School District, and uh, they care about their kids, and they care about parental rights, please share this information with them. Share this podcast with them. Call them right now. Tell them to start listening to the program. Uh, Because on March 5th, Uh, They have to get out and make their voices heard. They have to get out and vote their values. I mean, if they value parental rights, then they have to get out and support these two school board members, Minor and Ledesma. Uh, Again, Ledesma is currently the school board president. Uh, And he he says that this this recall is really part of a wider assault on uh, parental rights over their children's education. Uh, Here's his quote. Since being elected, we proudly fought for important issues like parental notification, curriculum transparency, and the removal of sexually explicit materials from schools, which explains the targets on our backs. Oh, the left does not like this guy. They uh, They don't like the fact that that they're doing what they said they were going to do when they got on the school board. I mean, how can you not like parental notification? How can you not like curriculum transparency and the removal of sexually explicit material, which uh, I've got to, we're going to go to West Virginia here in a minute. Speaking of sexually explicit material, uh, but, you know, if if you're a parent and you love your kids and you love parental rights, you, you know, you have to love this guy. And 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 uh, Miss Minor, Madison Minor, uh, his quote, this is his statement uh, in an interview with the Epic Times. He continues, despite the intimidation, harassment and threats we have received throughout this process. Why? There is no way they've been threatened. Really? No, no, I'm I'm sure that's got to be a misquote. 
why the lefties wouldn't threaten anyone, especially, you know, people that are, you know, really care about parents. Despite the intimidation, harassment, and threats we have received throughout this process, we will never back down in our fight to protect children, involve parents, and improve our education system. All right. Uh, This guy obviously needs to stay on this board. Uh, He and uh, Madison Minor, they need to remain on the board. Orange Unified School District in Southern California, March 5th is this uh, recall election. Uh, The uh, Orange County Register, Bob Page, certified uh, the the recall. There were two petitions put out. They needed at least uh, 13,046 valid signatures to move forward. And they submitted more than 18,000 signatures uh, for both Mr. Ledesma and Ms. Minor. So, all right, 18,000 signatures. There are more of, uh, of us, though, than, than there are of them. Okay, there, there are more of you conservative parents who love your kids. There are more than 18,000 of you. There are more than 18,000 conservative parents and grandparents who love your kids. You don't even have to be conservative. You can be liberal, but but you love your kids. All right, this is not an issue that is divided between left and right. This issue crosses party lines. This is a parents uh, versus the Marxists. Okay, this is the parents versus the, the, the progressives. This is the parents versus the, the leftists. It's not a matter of, you know, being, being conservative, Republican, Democrat, uh, it is, you know, parents who want their rights. So I know there's there's more than 18,000 parents and grandparents out there that care about parental rights and care about your kids and care about curriculum transparency and care about all the things that the school board cares about. So uh, get out there on March 5th. Let's get out there. Let's go. Let's support these two. Uh, Mr. Ledesma has been elected to the school board three times since 2014. And he was reelected to a four-year term in 2022, along with Miss Minor, who is serving her for her first four-year term. All right. So a few things that uh, that the lefties are upset with: the recall campaign cites the trust the trustees' abrupt firing of its superintendent last January. So they're upset about that, as well as. Uh, you know, what they refer to as controversial decisions. They've been making controversial decisions. And the board has brought forth shocking proposals to every board meeting in 2023. Shocking proposals that would censor libraries. I mean, they don't want sexually explicit books in our library. How dare they censor our libraries? That proposal, shocking. Oh, man. And they, of course, they claim that this board is discriminating against LGBTQ students, you know, because this board says we want the U.S. and state flags only to be flown on district and school flagpoles and to be flown, you know, presumably in the building, you know, because now critics are saying this is just a ban to move LGBT pride flags 
from being displayed in classrooms. Uh, in January, uh, the majority board voted to fire its longtime superintendent and place assistant superintendent Kathleen Corella on leave pending an academic audit. All right. So listen, this board is going to hold the leaders in this school district accountable. Let's have an academic audit. You know, where are we academically? You know, let's take a look at our curriculum. Let's make curriculum, you know, transparent. This is the type of thing that needs to happen to every school board of every public school in the country. Parents need to take control again. They, they need to take it back. They need to know what's happening in that building. They need to know what's happening in that classroom. And if, uh, you know, if, if an academic audit produces poor results, well, let's find somebody, let's hire somebody that's going to give us the results we want. And the lefties don't like this. The lefties in the Orange Unified School District are having a, a very hard time with this. All right, we're going to revisit this story. The closer we get to March 5th, I'm going to make a note here, here in my notes, March 5th, we've got to revisit this bad boy because uh, these these two need our support. You know what? Even if you even if you are not in the Orange Unified School District, just drop them an email. It's even if it's a sentence that says, "Hey, we're out here with you. You have the support of the country. Let these people know that you care about what they're doing. Uh, this is important. We when 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 we when we when we take back school boards, my friends, we have to support the people that we've put in charge." especially if these people are going to enact uh, policies uh, that are very pro-parent, policies that, uh, you know, create uh, curriculum transparency, that create this, this understanding that parents need to know what's happening in the building. Parents need to know what's going on with little Johnny, little Sally. Uh, and, and these people need our support. They need to hear from us in mass. So regardless if you are in this school district or not, I mean, if you are, you know, definitely, you know, let your voice be heard. Let these people hear from you. Even if you're not, reach out to them. You know, let them know that you're proud of what they're doing uh, and, and that you, uh, you're you interested in, 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 in supporting them in any way possible, even, even if it's just an encouraging note. All right, West Virginia, let's, let's, let's leave California. And let's jump over to West Virginia. Uh, less uh, legislatures, uh, legislators in West Virginia are considering a bill that would permit libraries to be prosecuted for carrying books deemed obscene. Oh, <laughs> lefties are not going to be happy with this one. Mm -mm. House Bill four six five four which the West Virginia House Judiciary Committee was scheduled to consider Monday afternoon, was instead put before a public hearing on Wednesday. All right, they want to know, uh, what, what does the public think about this? Let's give the public an opportunity to come out and speak to this bill. Uh, the, the bill would remove the exclusion that had previously applied to schools, public libraries, and museums as to whether they could be prosecuted for displaying obscene matter uh, or materials to a minor, even when the child was accompanied by a parent or guardian. 
All right. So uh, schools, public libraries, and museums have been um, removed from this. Well, now they're this bill is is saying let's let's add let's add schools and libraries and, and museums back into the mix. Uh, this is from the Parksburg News and Sentinel. This is their report. They say state code defines obscene matter as anything an average person believes depicts or describes sexually explicit conduct, nudity, sex, or certain bodily functions, or anything a reasonable person would find lack serious literary, artistic, political, or scientific value. Uh, okay. I mean, that's that's pretty straightforward. Uh, we're looking at an average person, uh, a reasonable person. You know, are we average? Are we reasonable? I guess those are the, uh, the definitions here. Uh, the article continues. According to State Code 618A-2, any adult who knowingly and intentionally displays obscene uh, matter or material to a minor could be charged with a felony, fined up to $25,000, and face up to five years in prison if convicted. Uh, so they have this, this public hearing last Wednesday. Supporters of the bill read excerpts from books they consider to be obscene. Uh, and some of those books included titles such as Let's Talk About It and Me, Earl, and The Dying Girl. Uh, the sponsor of the bill is Brandon Steele. He is a Republican from Raleigh. And here is his statement, quote, quit creating the safe haven that allows our children to be presented material that would be unlawful uh, or uh, felonious conduct outside of the walls of that library or school. He said he wanted to move the bill through the House rapidly so it could be considered by the by the Senate. You know, and he just, he and they felt like uh, bringing it up uh, to public comment on Wednesday was important. They wanted to hear what the public had to say about it. Carol Miley, a retired county uh, librarian, said, I urge you to pass this bill. This is not about banning books. It's about protecting our minor students from being abused. I call it mind rape or word pornography. Uh, Minister Daniel Curry of the, of the Camden Avenue Church of Christ stated, we have a responsibility to protect our children, a God-given responsibility. I would ask, what is the need for obscene material in schools and libraries? Okay. Well, it, it, you know, the, the two sides of the argument are, you know, the lefties say it's book banning. And, you know, those on the right uh, say, no, it's not about book banning. It's about protecting our kids. Uh, you know, the the books are out there. You know, adults can access them. You know, but we don't want the kids to, to have them. So, no, it's not it, it's not book banning. The books are, are still uh, available. They're just not available to minors. You're not banning the book. You're restricting... Uh, the, the minors' access to them. I mean, we do the same thing with with alcohol, 
We do the same thing with guns. We do the same thing with with cigarettes, with tobacco, with 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 vaping, because these these things are are harmful to the kids. Uh, you know, we don't let them drive a car until they're a certain age, because it could be potentially harmful to themselves and to others. Uh, this type of of literary material is no different. It can be harmful to the hearts and minds of these kids. What they need, what they need to be taking into their hearts and minds are things of value, things of goodness, things of truth, things that are full of beauty, things that are going to 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 deepen their their sense of wonder and their sense of awe, things that are going to 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 deepen their curiosity of science, deepen their curiosity of of art and music uh, and 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 good reading good poetry good writing and this is what you know needs to to fill the hearts and minds of our kids you know not smut not garbage not filth i mean if the if the adults want to take that business in go ahead you know take it in but let's not make it available to our kids. All right. So that is on the docket in West Virginia. And uh, the lefties cannot be happy about this. We'll see. We'll see where it goes. We will see where it takes us. All right. Uh, we are coming up against uh, this break. So we'll we'll pick this discussion up on the other side. You're listening to The Dean's List on America Out Loud Talk Radio. suppression of truth in a world of darkness void of any soul requires that we are rightly informed properly equipped and strongly motivated to fight the corruption americaoutloud.news is that place to awaken your heart soul and mind to the out loud truth now is our time America Out Loud Talk Radio, liberty and justice for all. Cofix RX nasal solution has completed the circle and is now offering throat spray with povidone iodine. That completes the protocol doctors like Peter McCullough recommend. If staying healthy is important, you'll want to make sure to add throat spray to your next order of Cofix RX. For a limited time and exclusive for America Out Loud listeners only, you can save 25% off your entire order. Let's double down against colds, flus, strep, RSV, HRV, COVID, and more. Click the banner or go to America Out Loud shop to get 25% off your entire order. Use coupon code OUTLOUD25. That's coupon code OUTLOUD25. This is Jody O'Malley with Nurses Out Loud. Did you know our body is made up of trillions of cells and inside each cell, redox signaling molecules are produced? These molecules hold a sacred place in chemistry because as we age, the vital communication of our immune system becomes less efficient. For the first time ever, ASEA brings you the power of these molecules in a convenient and potent form to provide your body with the essential support it needs to thrive. Ever since I toured their facility, I take two ounces in the morning and evening, and my vitality and energy has been restored at a time I needed it the most. 
Go to americaoutloud.shop and get your exclusive 15% discount by using the code OUTLOUD. Welcome back to the Dean's List. I'm Dean Bowen. You are listening to America Out Loud Talk Radio. Thank you for uh, being a part of the Out Loud audience. We are happy to have you on board. And I, I just, I mean, I can't believe we're already to segment three. Some days just fly. Today's one of those days. Um, I want to get to Alaska. So let's see. We started in Pennsylvania. California, West Virginia. Let's go to Alaska. We, we still have. We're not going. We're not going to get to everything today. We've got to get to Oklahoma. We've got to get to Michigan. We've got to get to Kansas. We've got to get to Missouri. Ah, uh, there's so much going on. Uh, this week, we are also going to have on the show Christy Davidjali. She is uh, uh, from an organization out of Florida, and her involvement. Uh, and the homeschool community is going to be enlightening for you, not only in Florida, but uh, on the national level. She was in D.C. last week with the uh, Moms for Liberty group. Of course, we love Moms for Liberty. Uh, or she, it might have been Parents Defending Education. We love them, too. I, I'm not sure which group she was with. So we will, we're going to talk to her, and uh, we're going to get some insight into into what's happening in terms of of the growth of the alternative opportunities that, that uh, I, I don't want to say that's being presented to Americans, but that Americans are creating. Uh, they are leaving the public schools in droves. I mean, just in droves, uh, and and they are creating opportunities for themselves. So, so we're going to dive into that next week. Uh, we have Alex Newman coming on the show, and that uh, that's going to be a very enlightening conversation. I'm looking forward to that. Uh, the week after, we have someone from Massachusetts coming on board to talk about, you know, what's happening there, what you know, what, what what's going on on the, in, in the grassroots in that state. You know, I, I, I've said from the get go that grassroots is the thing. That's the thing that's going to take education back, and it's something that we can all be a part of. I mean, we can all uh, be involved in in taking back education for our children, for our communities. Uh, you know, it's just we don't have to be in Washington D.C. setting policy. Uh, that's the beautiful thing about America. The Constitution devised it uh, that its leadership is uh, is bottom up. It starts at the local level. And especially with education. I know there's a national department of education. I don't think there should be. I think that thing just needs to be disbanded. It's a complete waste of taxpayer dollars. Uh, it's it's at the local level. You know, parents are in charge of the education of their kid. That's That was the in, uh, intended purpose. And it's still there. It still is that way. I mean, there are those on the left who, who would love for it not to be that way, mind you. But it is still that way. All right. So, uh, you know, this conversation is only going to uh, continue in depth over the next two or three weeks. I mean, really over the next forever, you know, but we have some important voices coming up that I I want you to listen to. All right. Let's go to Alaska. This uh, 
article headline is from the Alaskan. Uh, what's the newspaper out there in Alaska? I want to make sure I uh, I'm citing my sources. Well, this is the Alaska Beacon. The Alaska Beacon. All right. Alaska Board of Education lowers standard for student test scores, citing nationally high bar. Hmm. Uh, okay. The Alaska Board of Education approved lowering the test course standard for student proficiency after school leaders cited the state's nationally high bar. Um. <laughs> I don't even know where to begin. Okay, your your state has a has a high bar. They have high expectations, and you look around and you see it's higher than the other states, and so you decide to lower it. it, it is that what this article is is speaking to you? That's what it says to me. Student success on standardized tests is categorized by what are known as cut scores which are the range of results that uh, indicate a score is above or below proficiency for grade level. All right. So cut score would be the, the top of the range uh, or, you know, the bottom of the range, I guess, depending on, on uh, how you're looking at it. I mean, we could say it's, it's the top of the range for proficiency. Cut score would be the top of the range for, you know, basic, Top of the range for, you know, below basic, you know, these are the uh, the levels, they're, they're standardized levels. All right, so, so that's what a cut score is. Uh, Alaska standards for proficiency have been among the highest in the nation. And some educators and officials have said that the state has set the bar or the cut score too high in some areas. It's too high. We can't expect the kids to achieve this. I mean, we, we've got some of the highest standards in the state. By golly, we should lower these standards. At its regularly scheduled meeting last Wednesday, the school board approved a series of adjustments to those standards. Let me see. What's the date on this? What are they saying is last, last Wednesday? Uh, this is January. Um, all right, this is January eighteenth. So this is this is fairly recent. Okay. Um, all right. At its scheduled meeting on Wednesday, the school board approved a series of adjustments to those standards for the Alaska System of Academic Readiness, known as AK Star Tests, which was proposed by the Department of Education and Early Development. Uh, the deed commissioner, uh, Dina Bishop. So deed, deed stands for Department of Education and Early Development. All right. So deed commissioner, Dina Bishop, said the new cut scores are a better reflection of the kind of growth that is possible for typical students to achieve. Hmm. Okay. It's the kind of growth that's possible for typical students. All right, so we're shooting for the average here. We want the the average students to to achieve growth. Um, you, you know, we're not shooting for the top here. We're aiming for the middle. She said the adjustments may lower the expectations for proficiency, 
But that does not mean Alaska's standards are now low. Hmm. We've lowered the expectations for proficiency, but that doesn't mean the standards are low. By golly, just because, you know, we don't expect them to, to, to do as well doesn't mean that. <laughs> I, I don't. Why are we lowering the standards? You know, why are we why are we lowering the expectation for proficiency to hit the middle of the pack? Why don't we why don't we change our methods that would cause the middle of the pack to start hitting these standards of proficiency? I mean, it's just two different ways to look at it. We're still in the top third of all states, she said. I'm sorry. We're still in the top third of all states in the nation, she said, for expectations and high standards. We're just not at the top anymore. And you're okay with that? I mean, we're still in the top third. We're just not at the top. We just, you know what? We just, we're, we're tired of being at the top. We're tired of excelling. We're, we're, are we tired of being the best? Here in Alaska, some members of the public were critical of the changes and said the state should be supporting teachers and students rather than lowering expectations. I, I mean, that's the other way to to look at this. I mean, you've got two different perspectives. You've got a group of educators who say, you know, the middle of the pack, let's lower the proficiency so the middle of the pack can hit it. Um, it you're not improving their knowledge base any you're not improving their intellectual capacity you're not improving their wisdom uh, you're not improving their ability to achieve uh, all you're doing is just lowering the bar of achievement my question is why not encourage the students in the middle of the pack to hit that bar why not why not lift up their their level of intellect why not encourage their their strengths you know why not create strategies that would that would help them to pursue the high bar of this education is it because it's too tough i mean that's that's a difficult thing to do I and mean, it's not easy it, it's not the easy way out I mean, the, the, to me, the easy way out is to lower the uh, lower the bar. It's to lower the the proficiency standards. That's the easy way. Oh, it sounds to me like the the folks in Alaska are taking the easy way out. You know, they're not. They're, are they willing to put in the, the hard work to improve uh, student test scores? I, I it, to me, it seems like they're not. They're not willing to put in the hard work. It, my friends, it's hard work. It is pouring into students to to improve test scores can, can be hard work, and it's extra hard work if you don't have the right curriculum. It's extra hard work if you are not engaging uh, in, you know, phonics, for example. You know, if you're teaching them to read with the whole whole, whole word method versus phonics it's an uphill battle if you're not utilizing a rich robust classical curriculum it's an uphill battle and it, it i just i just wish that they weren't taking the the, the easy way out
Timothy Doran, a former educator and administrator who now serves on the Fairbanks North Star School District Board, said he wants to see the state review its assessment standards before it changes cut scores, but added that he appreciated the process. We're setting a cut score based against a standard which is 10 years old and have not been reviewed for whether they're appropriate, he said. We're applying it to a test for which we have not looked to say, what's going on here? Are students understanding these questions? Have we set that bar so high that students can't get over it? This is the uh, Fairbanks North Star School District Board member, a former educator and administrator, Timothy Doran. And he's questioning uh, you know this this standard is ten years old. We need to we need to revisit it. We need to look at it again. Uh, we need to ask this question: What's going on here? Are students understanding these questions? Have we set that bar so high that students can't get over it? You know. So, in, 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 all right. Let's say the students aren't understanding the questions. Well, instead of lowering the bar and dumbing down the questions. You know, let's ask ourselves, why aren't the students understanding the questions? And what do we need to do differently to get the students to understand the questions? But instead, we're just going to keep dumbing it down. This is... uh, mm, mm, I, I am... I'm beside myself right now. Let's engage in, in in education. You know, let's let, let's ask a, a different question. You know, are, instead of saying, "Are students understanding these questions? Have we set the bar too high?" Let's ask, "Why aren't they understanding the questions? And what do we need to do differently? Not to change the questions, to make the questions easier for them, to to lower the standards of of proficiency." But let's ask ourselves, what do we need to do differently in the arena of education to get these kids to start understanding the questions. And I can tell you what we need to do differently. We need to go back to to what things were in this country. Uh, I just got Alex Newman's book in the mail, and I'm probably a third of the way through it. On page 25, chapter 5. He, he cites some studies. Uh, he says, at the time, Americans realized uh, the, uh, the paragraph above that. Uh, he says, um, n- uh, according to University of Montana scholar Kenneth Lockeridge's study, literacy in colonial New England, 90% were literate by 1800. of the population, by 1800, they were literate, with numbers approaching 100% in cities such as Boston. Close to 100% of the population in Boston in 1800 was literate. Even among women, that was true. According to estimates by Joel Perlman of Bard College and Dennis Shirley of Boston College, virtually all women born in the early 1800s were literate. At the time, Americans realized that as at the time, Americans realized that as well. In his groundbreaking 1812 study, 
National Education in the United States of America, DuPont de Nemours estimated that even among young people, not more than four in a thousand are unable to write legibly, even neatly. Not more than four in a thousand. 99,600 young people out of a thousand could write legibly and they could write neatly. In 1800, the Boston Review reported that no other nation in the world had a larger percentage of its population with at least basic literacy skills and an understanding of the rudiments of science. And today, only about one-third of our high school seniors are proficient in reading. Only a third. Uh, you know, progressive education has not been progressive. It has, it has retarded this country um, educationally speaking. And so here we are now in Alaska where, um, you know, we're, we're, we're okay with, with lowering these proficiency standards because, you know, our students understanding the questions, you know, have we set that bar so high that the kids can't get over it? Instead of asking, what do we need to do differently in the classroom? Again, friends, this is another example why the public schools are are shuttering their doors because they're 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 not asking the right questions and they're not doing the heavy lifting to actually educate our kids. Um, I had some clips I wanted to get to today from the uh, from the deed uh, superintendent. Not going to happen. I'm out of time. We're up against it. Look, the bottom line is. Uh, we need educators in this country that love education, that love our kids. Parents realize that, and parents are in search of alternatives. As public schools continue to shutter their doors, parents are in search of alternatives. All right, uh, that's all the time we have for today, America. We will continue to discuss these alternatives. Encourage your friends and family to get on the Dean's List. Let's unite to renovate the age.